What's up? It's your boy Big Toe. You checking into the Lab Toy Podcast. You know we come in episode seven. Deal or no deal. You feel me? And today, man, I'm gonna talk to y'all about various topics. If a lot of y'all don't know me, man, it's your boy Big Toe. Um, I study a lot of HR topics. I've been my way around the professional world and networked a couple places, got a couple internships, ended up at some tables I might not should have been in, but I was there. You feel me? So now I'm coming here with y'all today to put y'all hip to a couple of things, you feel me? But it's episode seven, deal or no deal. What does that mean? Hey, man, you either, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. You feel me? But this is this the episode where I'm going to teach y'all how to make a deal or how to how to take no deal, you feel me? So it's either... This is a deal or no deal concept. Every deal not a good deal. Every deal not a bad deal. You just got to know what you're getting yourself into. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But you feel me? I ain't mess up the episode. I mean, <laughs> mess up the intro. I know a lot of y'all been waiting on episode seven. So guess what? Episode seven here. You feel me? Because that's what I'm on. You feel I, I don't got no drink. You feel me? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got the red cup, but you feel me? Like, it, it ain't one of those shit. I don't want to wet up my, you know, this is my parents. You know what? Never mind, bro. Let me just get into it. You feel me? Let me just get off into it. But the first thing we're going to talk about is graduation slash entering the real world. Now, I know a lot of y'all who watch my platform, y'all done graduated in this past couple of weeks. And first off, let's just clap it up to y'all again. You feel me? Y'all done graduated. Congratulations to you. And now you're thinking about Man, I got bills to pay. I got different things I want to do. And you feel me? Now you enter in the real world. But I'll just tell you, man, even though you don't have that structure at school or work in your life no more and you got to go out and find those job opportunities and stuff, which we're going to talk about today, just know that you're still a great person. Like, create your world to bring yourself peace. Don't think of it, I know we think of the world as real big, and we just think of, man, now it's bills, now it's this, now it's that. But just take time to enjoy the moment, you feel me? Sometimes uncertainty not always a bad thing. And in this time, discover who you truly are and find opportunities that fit with you. Because when we enter this thing that we call the real world, sometimes it's scary. Because it's like, oh my God, it's this constant it's this constant hamster wheel of just going to work, going home, going to work, going home, going to work, going home. Before you find your career opportunity, or even if you know that, man, find something that's going to make you happy outside of that. You feel me? And when I talk about graduation, you feel me? Think on a deeper level. I'm not just talking about graduation as far as moving up a grade. I'm talking about moving up in life. So even if you ain't graduate, you might have still graduated. You know, watch, watch what I'm saying to you. You feel me? Graduating is moving to the next step. It's not all about grades and these social constructs. We make them about if you learned something new yesterday, you you graduated something. You feel me? A new level, man. New levels, new devils. But you feel me? Shout out to all the people out there graduating, whether it's school, whether it's new phases of life, whether it's new opportunities, whether it's new peace, man. Just elevating yourself is important. And shout out to everybody who doing that out there. You feel me? But we going to get off into which y'all really came here for, which is your boy's HR knowledge. So I'm going to get into networking. And networking is really important. And what I'll say is to be good at networking, you have to be willing to put yourself in uncomfortable places. So it's a lot of events that go on. It's a lot of times where you need to go to different places to connect with people. And the one thing that I would tell you to do is, first, you need to establish confidence in yourself. 
Because, like, when you go network with other people, the only way they're going to believe in you to have, to give you an opportunity is if you believe in yourself. So the first step of networking is gathering confidence. The second step is finding opportunities. And it's simple as being able to ask for help. That's the best way to network is being able to ask for help. Because some of you guys feel like, oh, my network needs to be 10 times bigger for me to be successful. But ask yourself right now, are you utilizing your full network? You probably know academic advisors. You probably know different people in different positions that you're not utilizing that full network. So a network isn't worth anything if you're not utilizing what you already have. Even if you don't have a big network, if you utilize it to its full ability, it could be a beautiful network. So just think about that. So first... Establish confidence. Second, make sure you're utilizing your network to its fullest potential. Third off, use your network to create another network for you. Let me repeat that again. Use your network to create another network for you. So when you know somebody, so for instance, for all of my people who are younger and they didn't graduate college yet, if y'all in college, you meet an academic advisor, they know what they're doing and they telling you about classes and stuff. What you need to do is network with them to meet other officials at the school that could connect you to another opportunity so maybe you know an academic advisor but you need help with financial aid use that academic advisor to plug you with the financial aid office maybe you're trying to go to grad school use that academic advisor to plug you with the people who you want to go to the grad school for like use your network to get you in different in different doors and another part about networking that i really think is important is just feel like like, you really have to believe in your self-worth and, like, believe in yourself because when you approach these people, a lot of people got big names. They got big titles. They titles as long as shit. They the vice president of so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And, like, when you go into these events where it may be a career fair, it may be an opportunity for you to meet different people, take the time to understand that they're just as much of a person as you are. When you go talk to these people, be vulnerable, be real, and don't just try to go up there and say everything that you think will land you an opportunity. I did most of my damage networking by being vulnerable, by going up to people and being like, hey, man, this is my, this is really my first career fair. I don't even know how this goes, but I'm young, I want an opportunity, and my name's Tori. So maybe just start off with saying, hey, my name's Tori. Hey, my name's so-and-so. And feel validated in your own experience. You shouldn't walk into a room and feel like, oh, I don't know, so let me take a step down. I'm not going to have as much confidence because I don't know what's going on. When you're vulnerable in your network and you tell somebody you really don't know, maybe they'll feel the the urge to find the knowledge for you. But you don't have to walk everywhere with your head high like you know what you're doing. No, you got to be confident in yourself and know that you you are deserving of any opportunity, but be vulnerable enough to tell the people you networking with, hey, this is my first time. I don't really know how this goes, but is there any resources you could give me? That's how I got into grad school. I asked my academic advisor, hey, is there any resources you could give me to help me? Is there anything you could do to help me? Because I don't know what to do. I've never thought about going to grad school. Is there anything you could do to help me? He plugged me with one person, plugged me with the next person. Every time I met somebody, I was honest. Hey, my name's Tori. I don't, I've never applied for an assistantship before. So how does working with assistantships work? And then when you want to go somewhere, you network with people ahead of time and you know you want to go to grad school, call 
somebody who you know that's in grad school or ask somebody that you know hey do you know this person's in grad school your first question should be man what's the common mistakes people make when they apply in grad school what's the common mistakes people make when they get in you feel me because it's so many people and I want you to notice this is what you network for you network for the knowledge of not running into the same wall that everybody else ran into that's why you're networking ahead of time you're not networking just so you can get an opportunity you have to be networking in an off season and what do I mean by the off season the off season is when you have all of your opportunities. All of your ducks are in a row. But are you still networking? Right now, I got grad school paid for. I just won another scholarship. Hell yeah, Big Toe gonna talk his shit. I done did a lot of stuff. But I'm still networking. I'm still networking for the full-time offer that's coming two years in the future. So when you networking, you're not just networking for things today. Network for tomorrow. And that's how you truly network. You take your small, your small network of people, and you expand it. You utilize every resource that you have. And every time you gain a new resource, you gain what they have. And you ask them, hey, I'm trying to get here. Is there a way that you can help me? And that's how you truly network. So when you go to these events, you go to these career fairs, you don't just get a card and try to talk to somebody for an internship. Even if you do get the internship, you talk to them and say, hey, you are in a human resources field. I'm in the human resources field. What are some things that you could just tell me that might help me be better at doing human resources? That's what I used to do. Even if it doesn't land on an opportunity today, don't mean it can't land on an opportunity tomorrow. So be confident. Know your self-worth. Be willing to ask for help. And be vulnerable. That's how you network, is to be vulnerable to say, I don't know, but I want to find out. That is how you network. If you really want to know how to network, that is how you network. I don't know, but can you help me figure it out? Oh, man, y'all that got big toe in his bag. Y'all that got big toe in his bag. But this is really true to me because I've seen people be scared to say, I don't know. They get around people. They want to seem like the smartest person in the room. Man, the smartest person in the room is the room. You feel me? If you take time to say that you don't know, man, somebody might take time to enlighten you. I don't know everything, but I'm willing to go get it. If you're willing to go get it, you're going to get it done. And that's how it works. That's how networking works. So we're going to go into the next topics, which is job hunting slash applying. <clears throat> so this builds on top of networking because when you're looking for a job, a lot of times people get hired from knowing people in their network. So a lot of times you might have somebody who, hey, they know somebody who had this job or they know somebody who had this job and they refer you to a job. But let's say you don't have that and you're just applying to a job. What I would say do, especially to my people in school and to my people that's just, even if you're not in school, listen to this. First off, you need to make sure your professional materials are right. So that's, that's when it comes to your resume. That's when it comes to your cover letter. Now, when it comes to your resume, I mean this with all of my heart. If you are in college, you feel me? You should not have no mission statement or no purpose on your resume. If you have it, take it off. You feel me? Take it off. You don't need a mission statement. If you've been on the dean's list a certain number of times, list that under your education. So on the, on the resume where you see education, list your different times, the different semesters you've been on. You should put your major. You should put your GPA. Now, this is where you really want to listen to this episode because it's action words that you put in your resume. And they sell books of like in different tutorials on how to do a resume, but it's action words that you use 
that makes your resume look a little bit better. Find out those action words. Number one thing I would say is send your resume to people. And this is why your network is so important. Because you send your resume to people say, hey, does my resume look right? For the people at school, they have these things called career advisors. And if you go to MSU, you should feel this. Because you could go on Handshake and schedule an appointment with a career advisor or with the Career Services Center. And they pay people to have them look at your resume. But a lot of people don't utilize those resources. So guess what? They, their schedule is totally free to help you. If you're not in school, you have different people who can help you do a resume. And you need to utilize those people. You need to send it out to your network. And if you don't have anybody, look up some videos. And it's different, like I said, books available that will help you, like, give you the action words. You feel me? Reach out to me. I am willing to help some of y'all. If you have a resume and you want me to look at it, man, DM me. And I will help. But the first thing you need to do if you're looking for a job is get your professional materials intact. Now, everybody doesn't have a cover letter. And maybe you're not even going after a corporate America job, a corporate job in America. And you're just looking for something. You feel me? You're just looking for something that's going to get you by throughout the times. But get your professional materials together. Number two, be really professional when you approach the people asking for the interview or just communicating with them because let me tell you something when me sitting on the other side of that chair i've had people sit in front of me and it's like you can only tell that they only in it for the money and it's okay to only be in it for the money now in my position i hire a lot of high-ranking people it's we we looking for a, diff, a couple different things i won't get into the specifics but i'll say when you network and you're looking for these jobs, just make sure the first person to contact you communicate with, you build a relationship with them. Because, listen, this is how recruiting works. So the person that you built the relationship from or the person that you got the first point of contact from, they're the ones who take your resume back to the team and tell them whatever they need to know and them decide whether they want to move forward in the process with you. What you really need to do is make that first point of contact, build a relationship with them. Build a relationship, and this is how you build a relationship. At the end of your first interaction, because nor normally you put in an application, and then they'll tell you, like, if you can move on to the next step. And at that point, you feel me? I, okay, so after you put in an application, then the next step, you'll probably get an interview with them. The first interview is normally them setting up, um, like, time to talk to you about the company, talk to you about who you are, just get a better general feel for you. That first interview normally isn't a lot of technical questions. At the end of the interview, now this is what a lot of y'all, I'm not going to say y'all, but a lot of people do that is terrible. At the end of the interview, when they ask you if you have any fucking questions, and I'm just going to be real blunt, ask some questions. Ask what made you want to be part of the organization? What great things have you seen? What mistakes can I avoid if I am to be a part of this organization and and work at this place. Ask questions. You want to know why? Because when you ask questions, it shows intrigue. We need to know that you are intrigued by the opportunity. Because even if you don't have the certain amount of technical skills, if you have the cultural fit, a lot of people will hire you. A lot of people will look out for you. But you have to show intrigue that you're not just coming here to answer some questions, but that you care enough to prepare your own questions. When they tell you... Okay, this is the point in the interview to ask questions. The whole tone should flip. It should go from them having 10 questions to you having five questions. 
You don't have to ask them 12 or 20 questions, but you should have about three to five good, well-thought-out questions that it feels like at the end of the interview, it's like we interviewed each other. It should feel like that because what I'll tell you guys, as an applicant, that makes you feel a lot better. Because first you feel like you just sat down here and you just got interrogated by this person. But when you take the power to create questions before the interview even comes about and then they come up and they say, hey, this is the time for you to ask questions. Now you to flip the tone of the interview. Now they know that you care just as much as they care. You got them on their heels just as much as you was on your heels. Now we can say that we had a great conversation and it wasn't me just getting to know you or it wasn't you just getting to know me. And in that time, you ask a question about the interviewer's experience because that makes them feel like you care about them. And that is how you build the relationship. When the interview is over, you send a thank you. So you send, first of all, it's this thing about scheduling interviews. You could do it on Outlook. If you go to send, it's an arrow. You press, you press the arrow, it go to send later. Schedule your thank you interview to go out 30 minutes after the interview is over. You feel me? Because I've been sitting on my computer and my laptop after I interview somebody and the thank you will pop. I'm like, ooh, ooh, they really want this job. You feel me? They trying to get the bag. Schedule that before you even do the interview. You should already have your thank you you should already have your thank you drafted up. If anything, maybe you go back and edit it because you learned some stuff about them. Maybe they went to the same school as you. You go in there, you put a little go green in there. Go white, you feel me? They do whatever. But you should already have that out. And last thing I'll say about applying is sometimes you're not always going to get a response, but don't take a response as you weren't worthy. Take the response as maybe that wasn't the fit for you. You feel me? Like every time that you get a no in life, it doesn't mean that you weren't worthy of it. It doesn't mean that. It just means that sometimes opportunities aren't fit for you. And you'll never know when they will. So don't be the person out there. And I've experienced this with HR. People send me dirty messages of like, man, fuck you. You didn't respond. <laughs> like this one man, he literally told me, fuck me because I didn't respond to him. Like sending in an application like, bro. 2,500 people have put in this application, bro. You think I give a fuck about your application? Man, fuck you. You feel me? But that's a different thing. But I'm saying, like, don't take it as a as a door closing. It's not. Sometimes you even just follow up and say, man, thank you for the opportunity. But I'm saying just don't let, don't tie your self-worth to these job applications so much that you feel like you being, you, you being turned away is really hurting your personal like image of yourself because that's not what that means that's not what that means like it's better opportunities out there and like i said the best way to get a job sometimes is to just go through your network and say hey i want to do this do you know anybody who works here and that's what i mean like develop and, and this is the last thing i said my network develop a good core like five people like five people that you know professionally that are like well connected and then, like, utilize them when you want opportunities. So, like, when you want an internship, say you want a data analytics internship, you go to the person who is a mentor for you. Be like, hey, do you know anybody who works in data analytics? Hey, do you know any? You feel me? Send it to these five people. And then, you feel me? See what they come up with. But a great way to find a job is to go through your network as well. But just know, sometimes you might put out 50 applications and they might not come back. But also, what you need to know is, like, don't just get in the spirit of just, Applying, 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 applying. Make sure you tailor your resume to those experiences. Now, if you're trying to work at a mortgage, so maybe you have a resume for mortgage companies. Maybe you have a resume for marketing positions. Maybe you have a, a resume for this. Like, put them in different folders. Like, if you got five different types of opportunities, put them in different folders and make sure 
that your resume is tailored to the experience because that'll get you better. Some people go out and they apply to a hundred internships, but all they send out the same resume and they might get two callbacks because only two could we tell that their resume was really tailored to our opportunity. So take time to actually tailor your resume to the experience and hopefully even communicate with the person who puts out because sometimes they do have like a little email attached but take time to tailor your resume that's it's really important so i know we went over a lot but yeah tailor your resume don't tie your personal self-worth to job applications and if you need to um really go through your network is always a great way references have those on thing also have letters of recommendation or just people that like you know you can use as a reference. That's why I said uh, create that core group of like mentors or professional people you know that can help you with different things. Like have people already on standbys for references. But yeah, that's what I would say. All right, now say perfect world go on. You got the job now, you feel me? They tell you, they like, we want to give you the job. They want to, yeah, 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 yeah. You like, yeah, 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 yeah. They like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you done got the job, you feel me? You, they, they tell you they about to hit you with an offer, you feel me? Now, you, I'm going to paint the pictures from y'all, you feel me? You done went through a hard time in college. You feel me? It wasn't always your best days. Let me take a sip of this. Hold on, let me take a sip of this. Shout out to Marshawn in the studio today. That nigga Mar two times. Say what's up, Marshawn. That nigga. But anyway, yeah. So, you, all right. You then went through college. You feel me? Graduated with a little 2.9. You feel, I'm not going to say little, but it's a 2.9. You feel me? You have some different experiences. You get out here. You interview with a company. They like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we want you. You get to a negotiation, and they say, hey. We'll give you $60,000. We'll give you a $20,000 signing bonus. You like, ooh, we. I ain't never saw $60,000 before. First thing you do, always negotiate. <laughs> they are never going to give you the highest amount they could on the first offer. Like, never. Now, I'm going to give y'all some. some <laughs> now, this is a sneak peek. You feel me? A lot of y'all not going to notice. But it's a range. It's a range where you get higher or works and where. So, listen. So say we hiring an entry level data analyst. The range might be from 60 to 90 that they can offer you. Now, some companies, I don't know how every company work. I ain't gonna even get into the company I work for because y'all not about to put me out there and you know, nigga be hitting up Big Toe like, man, Big Toe getting fired and I don't, I don't really wanna do. But you know what the fuck I'm saying. But look, the range is like 60 from 90. Let's say it's 50 to 90. There's a really big range for an entry level. So. So it's a couple different things that factor into their experience, location of where you live at, cost of living. There's a couple different things that go into there. Say they come at you with 60. This is what a lot of people would do. They'll say 60. Man, I always wanted 60. I told myself if I could get 55, I'm good. I'm taking it. All right, bro. Always negotiate for a little bit more than you want. One, because of taxes. Don't think because you're getting 65, you're getting 65, you're not getting 65, 65, like 45, 50. You feel me? Like, you like think about it. But I'll tell you where the scam happens at. And this is where the true scam happens at. Open up your ears right now. So you'll come back, you're like, you know what? You'll talk to somebody, they'll tell you always negotiate. You're like, okay. You know what? I want 70. I'm like, what? You want 70? 
oh shit, like this, you, you, first of all, you was nervous asking for it, and, and then also, have reasons, okay, all right, look, you don't have to, I, what would I tell y'all, okay, you can get the money without having reasons, but I would have reasons, tell them you want 70, List a couple of reasons why maybe you like, man, I'd have been a part of certain organizations. I did certain stuff. Is it for the value that I bring to the workplace? I've had certain leadership opportunities and certain things that I do that's going to be outside of my job description. That's going to be a great look on the organization. Maybe you was president of a black student union at school and they got a black union here and you like, I mean, a black work group here. You like, yeah, that's something I'll get into. And I just feel like it's different things that attributes to my value. You feel me? Maybe have a reason with it. If you don't feel like you need no reason and you like, hey, give me 70 because I know these people got 70. And, and don't don't be scared to negotiate because these people got a lot of money. All right. So say you come back with 70. You're like, yeah, I want 70. This is normally what happens. They come back and they say, all right, we'll give you 60,000. But instead of that 20,000 signing bonus, we'll give you 40,000. And this is what you do. Oh, my God. Sign it right now. Sign it, sign it, sign it, sign it. That's a mistake. Don't do that shit. Because I'm going to tell y'all. I'm going to give y'all the game. All right. So for a signing bonus, normally it has a term of how long you have to stay with the organization for you to fully get full access. Like they're going to give you the signing bonus. But the difference is you, it's a period of if you get fired from the organization, you have to get the signing bonus back. So this is what a lot of organizations do. They know that maybe you haven't saw a lot of money in your life. So they'll say, hey, I'm going to give you a $40,000 signing bonus. You sign, sign, sign. This is what ends up happening sometimes. 24 months, they'll say, you'll see it in very small writing. And make sure you ask them this too. When they give you the signing bonus, ask them, how long do I have to stay on with the organization before I fully own the signing bonus? Because there's a, there's a time period that you have to be with the organization to take full advantage of the signing bonus. They'll give you 40000 but then in small writing, your stuff, first it was 12 months for the 20000 but now it's 24 months for you to get the forty, for you to, like, not have to give it back if you get fired. This is what happens. 60, 40, they give you 60 uh, as the average salary. They give you 40, you feel me, as the signing bonus. You take that. You're like, okay, good deal. You talking to your niggas, you like, I didn't fleece them. I didn't did this. A lot of people don't read the fine print. So they go out there, you feel me, work goes on for the first six months, you get your evaluation, you're really not killing it like that. Now, they like, okay, we got this person for 24 months, you feel me? Y'all hear them riding by, you know, I'm really in the hood. But anyway, you get 24 months, you feel me, six months they went by, your evaluation came by, you ain't really doing that hot, 12 months go by. They like, uh... This new person not really doing all of that. And now we're looking at the yearly review of how much we made from the department and how much we're spending on the employees that work for the department. Well, the guy who got 40000 he not even really producing like that. And we got to him for 24 months. We could get that signing bonus back. You know what? Let's fire him and bring it and, and, and get our forty k back. This is what you probably did in that time. You went and bought you an SRT. You wouldn't bought you a Hellcat. You wouldn't bought you this because you feel like this 40000 is yours. Company comes to you. They like, hey, man, you know you ain't really been performing, blah, blah, blah. We need that forty k back. Your ass looking like, what forty k Because you just blew the forty k So now you got to take out a loan, damn near, to give them this forty k Yeah, no. Yeah. 
Yeah, now you're just, you're even more broke than you were before you got the job. So make sure when you get that signing bonus, and signing bonuses are taxed at a higher rate. Signing bonuses is taxed at 22%. Y'all need to know that too. That's the taxable income. You need to know that. So your signing bonus also, a lot of organizations, it goes from the first day you work, not the first day you got hired, the first day you work until whatever time period. So what I would say is for people who are younger, increasing your signing bonus almost increases your risk of getting let go because if you work for a terrible organization, they're going to look at how much they gave you that they could get back if you're not performing well. And I would say not to bet on yourself just, just, just yet. What I would tell you to do if they come back and they like, hey, you know what? You want 60, I mean, you want 70, they offered you 60, 20, you want 70, we'll give you 60, 40, say, you know what? I take 70, 15. Because now when they go look at how much they're giving people, they're not going to look at you on a higher pool. So now even if you are performing lower on the totem pole, they're not going to let you go at the same rate because it's 15000 ain't nothing. But when they look up and they see that you're the person who got the highest signing bonus, you'd have got 60000 but you're not producing nowhere around what 60000 is worth and they want to let you go, this is how you keep yourself better because now you got a higher average salary even though you got a lower signing bonus, that's cool. And even then, even if you get hired then, ask them for the time period and you don't touch that signing bonus money till six months after that. So if they give you 24 months for you to keep that signing bonus, you don't touch it till after 30 months. They give you <laughs> 12 months, you don't touch it till after 18 months. Signing bonus money is not yours yet. It's just like the record deal. It's just like a record label. You got to recoup that. You feel me? Not necessarily always the same, but don't think that that money is your money until that time is up. That's not your money. That's their money sitting in an account under your day. Don't don't go out and blow on the sign of bonus. I just saw that happen a lot. Negotiate for higher median salary. Now, when you reach senior levels in the company and you about to become a department head, get a hundred thousand dollars signing bonus and negotiate that it only be retractable, I guess, for twelve months because you know now you are dealing in a higher rankings of the company and it looks bad if they let you go 12 months and you the department head it looks bad if they just appointed you to be the cfo of the company and they let you go in 12 months it's gonna look bad for them so now you got some leverage so now that's when you go get the biggest signing bonus in the entry level position you might not want to go get the biggest signing bonus you might want to negotiate the best average salary because honestly i know we all know we great and we do but you might not be performing to the standard that you think you are and I just want y'all to be safe because there's a lot of people who got a bloody signing bonuses and be just as broke, if not broker than they were before they got these jobs. And it can really land you in a tough spot because after you take out that loan and you have certain things go on, maybe you're not able to pay your back. Maybe you're not making payments. Maybe you already got student loans. Your credit get messed up. It's a lot of things that could go on that can even prevent you from getting other future opportunities. So just be smart when you negotiate. Be smart. Know where you at. And like know where you at in your life and just yeah like just coming out of school or don't don't go for the crazy 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 signing bonus don't try to break the bank on the signing bonus even if you do don't spend the money and make sure that like you just negotiate that every salary man they try to give you that signing bonus and get you to go crazy but if you don't perform a lot of companies will come for their money back so just pay attention to that um relocation 
Another thing I want to talk about. <clears throat> Some companies allow you or give you money when you relocate. Other companies don't. So you need to find out what type of organization you're working with here. Because normally it's some money with that, but also sometimes it's not. And then with COVID, um, the job market became more of a global market. So a lot of people just have average salaries for places. And of course it changes with certain places. But what I would say is do your research on the cost of living, you feel me, before you move somewhere. Like, that's really important. Like, do your research on the cost of living before you move there. Because, and also, look up how much you're going to make after taxes. Because a lot of people, they want to go live in Cali, and they get this big number, and it's like a hundred something thousand. They think they're making a lot of money, and then they go out there, and the cost of living is crazy, and then they can't really, you know, they, they can't really hold down what they want to. So when it comes to relocation, I know you want to relocate to the biggest, nicest spot, but that might not be the move straight off. You feel me? That might not be the move straight off. You might just want to, like, take some time and, like, relocate to the place that that's nice, that got a good cost of living just coming out of college, and then move on from there. But don't always try to relocate to the biggest attraction because that doesn't mean that it's going to be the best suitable um, living situation for you. And then also try to see if they ask you to relocate or if you relocate to an office that's different from yours, see if you can set up a meeting or communicate with the team that works out there because that also, maybe you're doing great in this place, but you go there and they work a little bit differently. You want to make sure that you communicate with them people before you move too because that can affect your performance in terms of affect, affect your pay, in terms of affect your employment. So think about that too. So like relocation isn't always the best thing. Like relocation. Just make sure you keep your head up for real. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is work-life balance. Okay. All right, all right. Hey, Mo, you listening? You listening, G? You listening? All right, because my little cousin in here, I just want to make sure he's listening. You feel me? Put down your phone. You see, this was wrong with these kids these days. Yeah, I'm just playing. But look, this work-life balance. All right, so like I said earlier, make sure you find something outside of like work that fulfills you it don't even have to be something too deep it could be poetry painting it could be anything but i always wonder when when i was growing up my man's like <laughs> my cousin his dad got this car and like he always worked on his car and i'll always be wondering like why old people always got something they do some of them was crocheting some of them didn't some of them got old classic cars but the reason is, is you need to find an essence of yourself outside of your work. For some people, that might be entrepreneurship. For some people, that might be other things. But find something that you do outside of work that um, helps you, like, feel more of yourself. Because everybody don't want to go to work every day. There's some people that they like the, they like the um, consistency of work and how much they get paid. Some people like that. It doesn't matter if you're on an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial side, an employee side. Find something that completes you. And also, if you are on the employee side, take time to, when you're in these negotiations, um, negotiate more time off, understand, like, different forms of leave. I'm going to break that down on another episode, like, different forms, I mean, different forms of leave, maternal leave, you know, di different types of things. But I would say, just make sure you create time, in your, time for yourself and, like, make sure you talk to your, um, the higher ups at the company and tell them how you feel 
in your department specifically because it's been times where I've had internship and I'm like, man, I'm just really busy and, you know, things aren't going well. Like, I don't feel well. And maybe it was just because I was an intern, but I've had other experiences where it's like, they'll look out for you. So make sure you build that relationship. And like I said, if you negotiate and you network and you vulnerable when you do that and you tell the truth and you honest with yourself, it won't be weird when you come out and tell them like, hey, man, work is getting to be a lot. And sometimes work is going to become a lot. But that's why I would say, man, just find some times for you in the day to just experience different things. Sometimes I got to go take a walk and just get things off my mind, being honest with you. But we're going to move into the next topic. <sighs> Which is, and I want y'all to write this down. Sometimes reflection is progression. Um, I know it's some people who, they saw a lot of people graduate this semester. And maybe they came in with the people and maybe they didn't graduate. Or it's not even just about graduation. Maybe you've seen other people in your circle reach a certain part in life that you haven't reached yourself. But sometimes reflecting on your goals, who you want to be, who you are in the moment, that's progression. Don't always think that you got to gain new financial status, gain new social status, gain something new to feel like you're progressing in life. Sometimes reflecting on where you are and where, I mean, who you are and where you came from and who you were five years ago, sometimes that's progression. Because when you take time to live in the moment and say, hey, let me just reflect on the past, that's going to make your future a little bit better. So don't think that you always have to be announcing that you want a scholarship. I know I, I announced that I win stuff and do stuff, but sometimes I just progress by sitting back and understanding who Tori is more. Sometimes reflection is progression. It don't have to be nothing big. It don't have to be nothing that you have to announce to the world, but just taking more time to understand yourself and loving yourself and taking time to be vulnerable and feel the emotions you feel. Maybe it's grief. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's happiness. Maybe it's, it's you missing a person. But sometimes reflection is progression. And it don't have to always just be, I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward. Take some time to reflect. Because that make your moves in the, in the future be better. Like, life is a chessboard. You have to, you have to know what your last move did for you to understand what your next move is going to do. So I just want to take some time to say that to y'all because some of y'all see a lot of people progressing. Just reflect on yourself and then make your future better. Reflect on who you was and then project <coughs> about where you want to go. So it's like you don't have to be doing something and you don't have to feel left out um, if you're not feeling like you're doing what your friends is doing at the time. Like, Sometimes you just reflecting this, you progressing, so you know, feel that. Like, know what it is. You got this. Take time to understand you. And if nobody care about you, big toe do. And that's real. So eight eighth topic I wanna talk about is finding yourself. What do you really want to do? Um, like I said, we always feel the societal pressure. And I know it's really gonna get big not out and graduated. You see people they got their corporate job. They over here running on the beach. You feel me? Some of them in New York. Some of them in their mama basement. <laughs> you feel me? And I'm not laughing at the mama basement, but it's just crazy how drastic it be. Some of these people running on the beach, you like, man, Blase Blot and got it figured out. They they making money out here. I'm telling you, man, they are miserable. What they post on social media is not the true version of how they really feel. But I would say, like, just take time to figure out if you are happy with 
where you are at in life because, like I said, I don't ever, now me personally, I'm just be real, I don't look at corporate spaces to really make me feel happy. Yeah, they pay the bills, yeah, they, but this is why I come and do stuff like that, like my podcast, and I was talking to my man's Chris today, and Chris, you listen to the podcast, shout out to you, Chris, man, in your spare time, I know I say this a lot, man, find something you really want to do that's going to help you be the, the best version of yourself, man, I don't care if that's crochet, I don't care what that is, because, man, just coming here and recording this podcast, man, it make me feel better, so it's like, yeah, man, I would just say take time to find yourself, take time to travel, take time to just explore different things. Like, my girlfriend always wants me to go do some crazy shit, you feel me? She probably watching this, thinking of date ideas right now, but be around people who foster creativity, who make you feel like you want to step outside the box a little bit. But I would say definitely take time to find yourself, take time to... See what makes you happy, even if it's the smallest thing. Because in life, you can have money. You can have the family. You can have the whole image of happiness that people look at. And they like, man, Tori's happy. He got this, he got this, he got that. But it don't mean nothing if what you view as happiness isn't fulfilled. Because I have friends where they view going to the bar as happiness. They view this as going, and I view getting on this podcast. I view painting. I view shit. Sometimes just playing GTA for 10 minutes, uh, throwing a parlay on fan, doing hanging out with my family, recording my podcast. I view that as fun. So don't feel boxed into these social constructs of what fun is. Define your own version of fun. Define your own version of yourself. And that's why I say, man, big toe. First, it was just a nickname, but it's became bigger because the whole thing about Big Toe is finding yourself and living in your truth. You feel me? So being the best being the best version of yourself is what Big Toe is. So I would just say, man, be around people who foster creativity and just, yeah, man, find things that make you happy because all of this stuff don't mean nothing if you're not happy. And the next thing I want to talk about is the pressure of having it all figured out. Some of us has moved to different spots in life, and we want to feel like we got it all figured out. Some of us said, at this age, we wanted to be doing this, and we not doing it. But you don't have to have it all figured out. Because if you're not learning, are you even really living? And if you're not living, you're not existing. So it's like, you don't have to have it all figured out. I know a lot of us young people, we've been on the world, I mean, we've been on the earth for anywhere from, 18 to 25 years and we feel like why isn't everything going my way but these times are beautiful because we young and we still learning we still exploring I know we look on social media we see people our age even younger than us millions of dollars they got things going a lot better than we do but I would say just because they had the money and the fame just do we even know if they're really happy like understand I hope that life is long for all of us. But I don't want y'all to sit around here and feel like y'all are any less than because you don't have the financial status or social status of other people your age. You don't have to have it all figured out. The big, the most enjoyable times of life is when you're exploring and finding out new things about yourself. Finding out new things about the world. You know what I'm saying? And don't, don't allow yourself to generalize everything to... to eliminate your possibilities of learning new things don't like take time to actually explore something before you have an opinion 
That's one thing we do as young people with this world. We try to act like we know everything. Oh, niggas act like this. Girls act like this. People from this place act like this. This this is this. This is that. We ain't experienced shit. You feel me? Sometimes just shut up and go experience something. Take the preconceived notions out and go have fun. You feel me? But you don't have to have it all figured out. You are beautiful and you are great because you are figuring it out. And in life, no matter if you're 60, no matter if you're 20, no matter if you're 100, you still going to be figuring some things out. And that's the true beauty. So I know we look on social media and we compare ourselves to people, but just know that I, and we all come to my platform, I think all of y'all amazing. Now, I think it's going to take time for all of us to manifest our talents and our different purposes in the directions that we want them to go. But just because you might not be making the most money or having a million followers or doing this or that doesn't make you any less of a person. You don't have to have it figured out. You don't have to do things on other people's time. Do things on your time. That's why I always say define your own version of success and happiness so you can be living and not existing. I love y'all. And keeping up with the people on social media, everything isn't always what it seems. Like I said, just because somebody seems happy don't mean that they are. But one thing I will say, and I really want people to know, check in on your friends. Like, check in on your friends. This word is crazy. Every day if you click on the news, you see crazy stuff happen. Man. Take time to check in on your friends. Take time to exchange information with them. Like, not just hit them up and, hey, girl, hey, bro, what you doing? But, man, I learned something. You want to come over and, and see how you edit a video? You want to see how you do this? You want to see how you do that? Like exchange information, but like check in on your friends. This word is crazy. People are going through a lot. They might not tell you everything, but take some time to check in on the people you love. Just because they posted pictures, they at the bar and they having fun and they drinking and they smoking and they posting like it's lit doesn't mean it is. So after you watch this video or listen to this, make sure you take some time to check in on the people that you say that you love and really check in and see how they doing. So everything isn't always what it seems. And I just want to always create a community of people who love and really be honest with the other people that they care about. Like, take some time to really check in on those people. Lastly, elevation or stagnation. Ask yourself in this video, I mean, after this video is over, are you stagnant or are you elevating? And I'm not saying stagnant as far as, oh, I got this going on, I got that going on. I'm talking about your mental. Are you boxing yourself in? And if you are, how are you going to stop doing that so you can elevate? You feel me? You don't have to hold yourself back. Don't hold yourself back in life. Let your talents, let who you are be on full display all the time. I want to shout out Morgan because she really put on her story that people feel so pressured to be the highest version on Instagram, on social media, Twitter, different places like that. Man, you elevating if you feel confident enough to walk out and just be yourself and not care what other people think. Just don't be stagnant in life. Ask yourself, are you elevating or are you stagnant? This is another episode of the Laboratory Podcast, the best motherfucking podcast in the world. Episode 7, Deal or No Deal. You can be anything you want to be in the world. And I got merch coming out soon. But you can't be big toe. And I am out. It's your boy, Big Toe.